It's Wednesday, March 14th, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, I am so privileged to have Jim Shaddix on the Defender Podcast today, and Jim and Deborah have just been such an integral part of so many lives of so many teachers and pastors and friends of mine, and then really even invested in Ashley in my life uh, five years ago uh, was when Ashley and I started meeting with Jim and Deborah, and specifically I started meeting with Jim uh, on a regular basis as Ashley and I were planning to go for a longer time period to China, and Jim was serving at the time uh, at the Church of Brook Hills, and now he is on staff of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. And Jim, I just, uh, I love your heart for the word, for the local church, and for the gospel, and how you have really just poured into so many people's lives. And so many, so many churches have been touched by the Lord through you uh, in so many awesome ways. So will you just talk a little bit, introduce yourself a little bit more, and just talk about your current role and responsibilities at Southeastern. Certainly, Herbie, even before I do that, just let me say thanks uh, for giving me this opportunity. It's great to reconnect with you in this context. I know we talk uh, uh, in other venues as well, but I miss you, brother, and so I'm uh, I'm so very grateful to do this. Uh, my name is Jim Shaddix. Uh, I serve as a professor of preaching at the Southeastern Seminary in Wake Forest, North Carolina, so uh, that's kind of my day job. I, uh, in addition to that, uh, serve as director of our Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership. Uh, so here on the campus, um, just have the privilege and opportunity to um, uh, to teach uh, my passion, and that's preaching and to help train pastors, uh, some of which are already uh, exercising that calling, others of which will be moving in that direction. Let's um, be able to invest in, in students in the classroom as well as offline. That's a big part of our ministry here as well. Uh, and then through our center, uh, it's a little bit broader um, ministry or equipping of pastor extends to, you know, guys that are out there serving. They're not students, but they're uh, you know, pastors of local churches. And what we try to do through the center is just provide resources uh, by way of events on campus uh, or over the internet, uh, as well as resources uh, in, in the materials, uh, you know, video, uh, you know, video materials that will help them train uh, or be trained in, in the shepherding ministry as they lead their congregations to advance the gospel. Um, as an extension of that, I, I you know, it's just, it's a, Really, a, a great part of the ministry that I I love is uh, I do interim pastorates. Um, I'm a pastor at heart, and uh, I have to have an outlet for uh, exercising my first calling, and that's to preach. And I love to do that in pastoral context. So uh, I get to serve as interim pastorates in different churches when they're looking for a pastor. Just absolutely love that. When it's it's been neat, even as you've been interim pastor, how our worlds have collided, where even uh, our North Carolina director, Levesey, happened to be speaking at one of the churches that you're interim pastor at. And so, I mean, the Lord just continues to multiply the ministry that he's given 
Dr. Jim Shattuck. I'm just so grateful for you. But even as you're talking about your heart and just this outlet for the local church and to preach and to teach, which is something that if someone's never heard Dr. Jim Shattuck preach, they're really missing out because I love the way that you're able to connect with um, the word with with those that are, are listening. And you've taught so many other men how to how to really have a heart for expositional pastoring and preaching. But you also love the local church. And I mean, pouring into these pastors is really pouring into so many local churches around the world. And obviously at Lifeline, we want to equip local bodies of Christ. We want to equip the local church to be the manifester of the gospel to orphans and widows, which is truly where God put that command to care for orphans and widows was with the church. So can you just share some more about your heart for the local church and why you think it's so important, really even for our nation right now? Well, brother, I I believe as you do that the local church is the center of the Christian universe, uh, and you know this is uh, the reason that Christ came. He came. He lived uh, a life we we couldn't live. Died the death we should have died, and took our sins to the cross, all for the the body, uh, all for His bride, uh, and. And so, you know, uh, we have to recognize the fact that the only reason he left us on the planet, supposed to just taking us on to be with him in all of eternity, like we'll one day spend, was to advance this gospel and to make his glory known among all people. And so the, the local church is... Uh, is the front lines of that uh, that puts pastors, I think, uh, uh, you know, at the point of that front line and leading the charge. Uh, and so, uh, you know, our our heartbeat in in a seminary can't be otherwise. Uh, it can't be otherwise than for uh, the local church. Um, we talk often here at Southeastern about the fact that. Uh, you know, the local church can do without uh, the, the, the seminary, but the seminary can't do without the local church because the reason we exist is for uh, this body of Christ. And so when I think about that, I just, I, you know, it, it excites me to think about uh, helping to develop all of the pictures of the gospel that we have the opportunity to paint through the local church. I just remember a number of years ago when it, it just really first hit me that marriage, for example, is, you know, is a picture of the gospel. And so, you know, we don't just get married to have a companion or, you know, even even to procreate. But we, we get married to be a running video uh, of the gospel of Christ. Well, you know, another one of the pictures of the gospel is, is the one you guys are helping us paint and resourcing the church to be able to paint. And that is through... Uh, you know, orphan care, uh, which, you know, what greater picture of the gospel uh, than just the, you know, the picture of, uh, of, of, you know, caring for those who can't care for themselves. Uh, sometimes that leads to adoption. And, and that's one of the, the, the most clear pictures, you know, of the gospel that the New Testament paints. And so, uh, I just love as an equipper of pastors and as a preacher in local churches to know that, uh, you know, the, the, the ministry of the word is helping to foster those pictures of the gospel that we 
we are advancing. Um, so uh, it's just a joy, you know, it's a joy to, to play a small part, you know, and just being one component, uh, one element of helping to shape the body of Christ, to be able to speak the gospel loudly, to live the gospel loudly, uh, to proclaim Christ uh, loudly uh, through all, you know, the, all of the, the, the avenues that the local church has. And one of the things that uh, we are even seeing the local church do that's so powerful, even right now, is what we call our Families Count Ministry. And that is ministry where local churches are having state government uh, referred to them, families that have lost their kids to foster care. And it's been great seeing the church wrap around these families, teach them six weeks of parenting classes, and then mentor them. And, and match them with folks in the local church. But then to see them being able to sit under teaching and preaching and the proclamation word on Sunday mornings and to understand that this is a place that they want to, Lord willing, they get their kids back, raise their children within the, the church. And so I think it's so important that we do both, that we love on the poor and the needy, and we, we do that, that social justice, that gospel justice, at the same time that we continue to proclaim the word because it's our it's our gospel justice that's going to show mercy and the grace of Christ, but the proclamation of the gospel that is going to ultimately um, that penetrate hearts and souls and minds to bring about the life change. And uh, just so grateful for the way that you are equipping pastors to do that. And so many of the, the pastor friends that we have and the church partners that we have uh, in some way tied back to the ministry of Dr. Jim Shaddix with Tony Marita, even in the, the same town, has been such a clarion voice for justice and gospel justice. And he and, and Kimberly, and, and obviously um, he sat under your tutelage. But you, you and Deborah have, have just been intentional with discipleship relationships and pouring into young pastors and also pouring into those within the community and can you just share with us God's heart for discipleship and multiplication and why it's important and just maybe some of the unexpected blessings that you guys have gotten to experience as you've poured yourself out into others' lives? Well, man, I'm still on that journey. I learn something new every day uh, and uh, learn how to do it different than I did yesterday. <laughs> I learn how I'm not doing it well, but God has been so gracious uh, just to give us the opportunity to, uh, you know, to really have a mentoring relationship with a number of, of pastors, their wives, of students and student wives. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I will tell you, I wish I, I could tell you that just from the outset of my ministry, I got this and I, you know, I just went full steam ahead to pursue it, but man, I stumbled into it. Uh, it took me a long time in my hard headedness to realize all the ways that God had used others to pour into me. Um, and then to connect that with uh, a realization of how Jesus advanced the gospel, uh, and, and while as a preacher, I would love to be able to say that the primary avenue of, of his gospel advancement and perpetuation was through preaching, uh, it really wasn't. It was through the fact that he took 12 guys and he poured his life into them uh, 24-7 uh, because he knew 
that just because he preached to people that not everybody was going to get it. And if, if the gospel was going to be continued after he checked out of here, after his death and resurrection, that it was only going to be because he had led a small group of people to own it. And I think that's where disciple making comes in. I think that's where mentoring comes in is that when we understand the gospel isn't going to be perpetuated from one generation to the next by, you know, a flash drive or the internet or podcast or websites, it's going to be perpetuated uh, uh, through life on life uh, as we transfer the gospel life, the gospel values, the gospel a baton into the hands of other people who will carry it faithfully. And so it's a non-negotiable. I don't think it's just an optional ministry and it's not one limited to pastors or seminary professors, but for every man, woman, boy, and girl who names the name of Christ, this is what we've got to do. Deborah and I have had the privilege of doing it in, you know, a, a lot in the context of training students. Um, uh, and that's really what led me to theological education. It wasn't because I love academia, because I really don't. Uh, uh, even reading's a struggle for me. But I just wanted to be where there were young guys who were training, you know, for ministry. And so, uh, as we got in that context, first at New Orleans Seminary and now at Southeastern Seminary, uh, you know, we we just have tried to uh, move outside of the classroom into. Uh, letting students into our homes, bringing them into our home, and, and uh, just doing life with them. Uh, really not trying to, you know, to give them another curriculum, but but just to, you know, to, to share life together. And in the context of that, while we have, you know, tried to be intentional about doing that and thinking, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to pour our lives into some others. Oh, man, God has just blown us away with regard to the, you know, the benefit back to us. Uh, you know, you know, just in a, in a couple ways. Number one, you, you don't realize how the, the scriptural truth of iron sharpening iron is so important. And, and the ways that I've seen myself grow as a result of these other brothers that I, you know, thought I was pouring into, uh, it's just, you know, it's just incredible. They, they teach me, um, and they grow me. The other one, I, I guess I would say is I don't think Deborah and I realize how much it would affect our marriage by way of drawing us closer together. Um, you know, even though she pours in a lot to student wives and female students, uh, us doing this together, you know, is something that's drawn us closer together. It is, uh, you know, it has given us just additional things to pray about uh, together and, and pray the same things about for the same people uh, and giving us, you know, just something to dream together about and plan together about. So those are the two primary things, just the way the people I've tried to pour into, uh, pour into have taught me and then the way this is, uh, you know, I think drawing Deborah and I closer together and then another expression of our oneness in, in marriage. It, you know, God's just used, uh, used that to, you know, to, to strengthen our marriage, I believe. And I think it's such a great picture, even as folks are, are looking at how to give. A lot of times we're reluctant to pour in others' lives because, you know, we selfishly, we look at, at our time and I'd say time is the one commodity that everyone has the same in a given day and in a given week and a given month. We we all are given the same amount of time. And 
uh, what a beautiful picture of how you guys have selflessly poured into others and really, in a sense, received that back uh, tenfold. And and tenfold, what, what a yes, precious, hundredfold. yeah, yeah, hundredfold. But what a, what a great way that the Lord has has just so rigged this that when we give and pour into others' lives, that He so graciously comes back and 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 shows His love and His kindness to us and. Uh, so I, as a recipient, even of your time uh, and pouring into a knucklehead like me, I, I, I appreciate the time and, uh, you know, getting up early and coming and, and just being there for me and being a sounding board and uh, just grateful for your ministry. And based on even that heart for discipleship, I know when you initially went up to Southeastern, you were a, a big part of the Equip Network. And I know that... Uh, it's not something that you lead uh, hands-on as much anymore, but can you tell us a little bit about Southeastern's Equip Network? Yeah, you know, that started when you and I were together at Brook Hills. Uh, it's actually one of the reasons I was at Brook Hills. I had joined the faculty at Southeastern, but uh, really came on in a dual role uh, on the pastoral sort of staff at, at Brook Hills because Southeastern had an equip partnership with Brook Hills. So, uh, you know, consequently what Southeastern is doing with Brook Hills and does with churches all over the country is enter into a partnership in which basically we empower, uh, you know, qualified uh, pastors and leaders in those churches to actually teach some courses to people in their church for academic credit. Um, so, you know, some of the same courses we teach on campus that are part of our curriculum here, uh, we kind of entrust uh, to leaders in a local, in, you know, in, in certain local churches uh, who can then turn around and teach those courses there and uh, students can stay in the church, uh, stay on their field, uh, serve in their church, whether it's as a lay person or an intern or even, you know, on the staff of a church, uh, but at the same time be maybe working toward uh, a seminary degree. Uh, so really it's just doing what I think uh, ought to be done anyway, and that is putting theological education back in the hands uh, of the local church where it belongs. So Southeastern's equipment work is just a way uh, for the seminary to do that. You know, churches give to the seminary, some financially, some by sending students. There's a partnership there. This is a way that Southeastern gives back to local churches and partners with them um, and just enables them to do a, an additional component, I guess, or additional level maybe of leadership training uh, in the local church. Uh, you know, so when we, for example, when I was there at Brook Hills and Brook Hills continues to do some of this, you know, they do use some of our courses to do leadership training. And there are some people that take them for academic credit. There are other people that are just taking them kind of on an audit basis, you know, just to learn stuff and, you know, and grow in that. So it's a it's a really, really cool partnership. And we're grateful to have the opportunity to do it. Well, and I, I love how. Right now, I just see so many things going back to the local church. And, you know, growing up in a day where it seemed like the, the local church was the proclamation of the gospel and for Sunday school or small groups, but every, you know, ministry was done by parachurch organizations. And 
what a what a just encouragement to see the bride of Christ rise up again and be about the proclamation of the word and be about the gathering of its people in small groups, but also about starting to to do life together through discipleship and ministry yeah. and caring for the poor and the needy. So, well, Dr. Shaddix, you are forever uh, just a, a huge piece of, of my life and my growth. And I thank the Lord for you and for Deborah and the way you guys lead. And uh, I just thank you for being a part of this podcast and sharing your heart and just being able to, to encourage us towards local church and towards discipleship. Brother, thank you. Our, our relationship is a mutual blessing. I'm, I'm grateful to God for you, uh, not just in what you do through Lifeline, but what you've done in my life and, and so many others. Thank you for the opportunity to be a part of it. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel to you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.